This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we chat with David Blackwell about Ansible and how it fits into NetApp configuration management. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipok. Zipok. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio with me today is David Blackwell. Hi. Hey, Justin. How's it going? Doing great. So, David, uh, could you tell the audience what you do here at NetApp and how to reach you? Absolutely. I am a technical marketing engineer. Uh, so, two thirds of all my information is useful. That marketing part kind of subtracts a third of my useful yeah, information. Well, yeah. um, don't hold it too much against me. But I am the configuration management expert and the NetApp subject matter expert for Ansible. And that's a big part of what I do. I help our customers and our internal uh, people with solutions around our Ansible modules and our Ansible uh, developments. You can reach me at Twitter, um, at BlackwellDavidC. All right, cool. Was, was David Blackwell already taken? I believe it was, yes. Yeah, okay. So we'll add that to the show notes. So, uh, David, um, since you mentioned Ansible, let's, let's start off with that. So what is Ansible? Um, so Ansible is a configuration management utility. It's one of the five main utilities that are out there, and it is the most popular um, currently. Uh, a year ago, an independent company did a, um, a test of, and a survey of what configuration management tools are used by different groups. And over 60% of responders used Ansible. Um, the follow-up, because a lot of people are interested in the other numbers, um, about 30% used uh, Puppet, and it was a, a vastly declining number. About 19 to 20% used Chef. Um, 18 to 19% used Terraform, and that was on a slight bit of a rise because Terraform is excellent for, um, in my opinion, 100% cloud-based deployments. And then Salt Stack uh, technically exists. It it had like a uh, like a two percent with a plus or minus two percent for error uh, feedback. And now all these numbers add up to more than a hundred percent because a lot of sites do use more than one uh, option. Uh, Ansible we like here at NetApp because um, not only is it really easy for us to write and deploy for our our end users, um, Red Hat. Um, is who owns Ansible and they put a lot of resources and, and development into it. But it's uh, not only is it idempotent, meaning that when you create a deployment configuration with Ansible, you can run it over and over and over, allowing for no errors or duplicates, allowing you to verify your configurations. But it's also procedural. Procedural meaning that the tasks you tell it to run will run in that order. This is important uh, because uh, Puppet, for example, is 100% declarative. You tell it how you want your environment to look, and it picks the order. And people who've used Puppet often can see that they'll run it once, and everything will be fine. And they'll run it again, and it'll be fine, and again, it'll be fine. And then they'll run it again in all the exact same environment, and it fails. And what happened was Puppet in that run technically chose a different order. And when Puppet chooses an order, it writes into its logs the order it chose so that it always uses that order in that environment. So now you have to reset that environment in order to try to use Puppet in it again, or you have to manually fix everything, which is a huge headache. So we like that Ansible allows you to avoid that. Ansible also is agentless. You only need to install it where you run it from, unlike uh, Chef and Puppet uh, and Salt. They have agents they require. 
Um, uh, additionally, you don't have to pay anything for Ansible. You can buy support from Red Hat for it, or you can run the free open source version of the engine, and you can even run the upstream uh, AWX Tower version of the GUI interface. So how does something like Ansible differ from, say, Kubernetes? Like, what's the differences there? Oh, absolutely. So um, Kubernetes is a uh, platform as a service. So Kubernetes is going to be the orchestrator for your container deployment, um, but not how you deploy those containers. So there's a configuration management um, format that is 100% Kubernetes. It's called Helm. And Helm charts uh, allow you to define how you wanted to deploy a Kubernetes environment. But there's also Ansible modules uh, for Kubernetes and OpenShift. And you can do those same deployments from Ansible. Uh, but unlike Helm, which will only do Kubernetes or OpenShift, Ansible, you could deploy those new um, Kubernetes um, resources along with the change to your NetApp storage to add the storage that way if you're not using Trident or you want to have a more advanced configuration. And you can make the changes in your firewall or network switch for those new ports that have to be opened and be allowed to the outside world and possibly even refresh workstations or other environments. So Ansible works across the entire data center, um, whereas Helm's only Kubernetes. And Ansible being a configuration management tool doesn't actually um, control one individual section. Uh, so that's a big difference. Uh, sometimes uh, configuration management is referred to as infrastructure as code. And that's a big uh, uh, configuration point. Okay. So about how many people would you say you're uh, using our Ansible modules here at NetApp? So um, using the NetApp modules, uh, we have close to 500 end-user customers using our, our modules, uh, not counting NetApp, which we do use our modules as well. And I just want to give a big thank you out to all those people who have adopted our modules. We really appreciate your feedback um, and your support of all the efforts we're doing. Uh, we have... Uh, over half of what we call our global accounts, the biggest accounts we have, are all using our Ansible modules. Um, and we get incredible feedback from that. The, the least um, efficient time savings I've heard from a customer is a 50 times um, increase in their efficiency, which 50 times, not 50%. So 50 times is 4,900% um, four, uh, faster. Uh, so that's that's quite a bit of, of increase. NetApp ourselves see a 95 times increase in what we do. So that's 9,400%. It is. That's a big number. It is a big number. It's pretty good. I would, I, would, I would approve that. Yeah. And the learning curve for doing these things is incredibly gentle. I mean, the people at, at uh, NetApp, for example, set this up. On Monday, they'd never heard of Ansible. And on Friday, they had the playbooks to do that efficiency savings. Excellent. So as far as NetApp goes, I mean, does it... How does Ansible power NetApp products? Like, what does it use, and like, how does it make NetApp products work better? Like, the, the configuration of those. Right? Oh, excellent. So, Ansible allows you to define within a single um, form or, or a couple a couple forms called playbooks um, what you want to have done and how quickly and, and, and efficiently you want it to, to take place. So, you can go from the most complex of configuring a cluster to the least complex of deploying a cloud volume services um, volume in one of the cloud things. Uh, all the modules are able to be put together uh, to run things through. Our uh, element software modules use REST. Our 
Um, cloud volume services modules use the API for the individual cloud providers. And our ONTAP modules uh, for 9.5 versions down to 9.1 versions use Zappy calls. And for 9.6 and up, we're rewriting them that they will use REST API because uh, 9.6 brought REST API to ONTAP. So we're making it so that as you do all your playbooks and setup, you don't need to make any changes as you go from version of ONTAP to version of ONTAP. The playbooks will just work because we're taking care of all of that in the background. So what sort of back-end uh, protocols and, and technologies used to communicate with NetApp products? Like, how, do we, how does Ansible talk to NetApp? Sure. So Ansible itself runs in Python, and our modules are written in Python. Um, uh, f- and uh, all the communications that our modules do, Ansible normally runs over SSH. Um, our modules run over HTTP or HTTPS. Um, this is different for those people who've been using Ansible for a long time. And most third-party vendors, meaning not Linux operating system softwares, have to use HTTP or HTTPS. The reason for this is Ansible, when it wants to make that SSH call, it uses a tiny binary from the SH shell that basically says, are you a real computer? And Linux and a couple other operating systems that have that respond back, yes, I am. Ansible says, great, I have a list of things I want you to do. Well, ONTAP, Element Software, all of ours, we don't have the SH shell, let alone that little random binary. So when Ansible SSHs to our systems, we respond with, I don't know what you're asking me. Ansible says, that's fine, I'll just leave you alone. So like most third-party vendors, to alleviate that, we run over HTTPS. Um, So you'll need um, ports uh, 80 if you're going to do HTTP, though I suggest HTTPS, which would be port 443. Um, and that's really the only communication ports you need open from whatever system you have Ansible installed on. I run Ansible 100% out of a container so that I can move my setup to any system I'm working at. That's clever. Very clever. So with, with ONTAP 9.6, we introduced the REST APIs. Um, did that change the way you did things? It, 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 it changes the way we uh, develop our modules because we do backwards and forwards compatibility checks. So now we have to do one round of of tests against 9.5 to 9.1 that are making Zappy calls, and then one round of tests to 9.6 and above, 9.7 as well, that do the REST calls and see if we need to make any tweaks as they go through. As far as end users, it doesn't change a single thing they do. The modules are still used the same way. The playbooks are still written the same way. They can literally take a 9.5, one playbook and run it against 9.6 and it will still work. Cool. So it'll, it'll, it'll still leverage the Zappies or will it leverage the REST APIs here? It will leverage uh, the REST APIs where available. So when the modules first run now, they check if the REST API endpoint is available. So they're basically looking, hey, can I communicate with this? If it can't, it will run the Zappy. If it can, it will run the REST API equivalent. Okay. So is there anything new in the stuff that you've done lately? I mean, what sort of new Ansible modules are out there? What sort of new features? Okay, so it's it's been probably a year, I think, since we were able to talk about what we've done on, on, the, on the podcast. Uh, in that time, uh, we have element software modules. We have uh, 21 element software modules uh, as of Ansible version 2.9 and our element software collection. And I'll touch on collections a bit more in just a second. We have about 80 ONTAP modules, and we're really excited about our breadth of coverage in ONTAP. Often, uh, people complain that ONTAP is amazing, but it's 
uh, one of our newest executive vice presidents said, it's a beast. There's a lot of things. Since it does so many things, there's a lot of things you can configure. So we're really excited that we have uh, 70% of day zero, that first day it's racked and stacked, can be automated, which a lot of our customers say is 100% of their needs. Uh, the one miss is uh, you can't do cluster create or cluster join. But we actually have changed those modules, and we're just waiting. The You can test it yourself, but we're waiting for final internal testing. So right now it's a, a preview feature that's there, uh, but once we've certified it everywhere, we'll be able to say, yes, this is a great thing. But even that's being added, which is going to take that 70% uh, up to 85 or maybe even 90% of all the initial setup options. For day one, uh, day one is what we like to call day-to-day, or not day-to-day operations, but operations you'll do more than once, creating network interface lifts, uh, new V servers, that kind of thing. Uh, we cover 95% of use cases for that. And day two, the, the day-to-day operations, we cover 98% of all the use cases we've gotten. For the few things we don't cover in there, we have a module called uh, NA ONTAP command. That allows you to run any CLI command uh, as the admin or advanced user. So there's a stopgap. We also get uh, auto support uh, summations on who's running that particular uh, command module. So we can say, oh, we see customer X has done this 200 times this month. Let's reach out to them and find out what gap we have. And that way we can try to fix that and, and close those, those necessary features. We also have uh, modules now for our cloud volume services in Azure and AWS, and we're finishing up the Google uh, cloud services modules for CVS. And we are completely within collections. Now, collections is a new feature to Ansible since version 2.9 released. Um, Ansible calls what they do a batteries included process that when you install Ansible, you have all the modules. Now, at 2.10, they're going to take all those modules out, and they're going to release just the engine. So all modules have to be added through collections, which are hosted in Ansible Galaxy. NetApp is way ahead of this. We've actually had um, collections available since 2.8 before they were officially announced because we worked with Red Hat uh, on how collections were going to be done and how we could make them better and they could make them better. And we, were, we release uh, updates um, about once a month now instead of the six-month cadence we used to have. So new, new modules, new features, bug fixes uh, can come out. Bug fixes can come out within a day sometimes, but new features and new modules once a month, we release them. We just released our uh, 20.1 release. We do the same naming convention as uh, the Trident group here at NetApp with year.month. And then we also have dot fix. So if there's a bug that we need to uh, correct, that would be uh, 20.1.1 would be the updated version. Um, and so we're really excited about that. We're also uh, working on Terraform providers. Uh, we're tackling Element software. And ironically, I think uh, Google uh, Cloud Volume Services first. So things we haven't yet finished in Ansible happen to be the first place we're going for Terraform uh, because Terraform's written in Golang. And Google Cloud Volume Services already has a full Golang stack, so it was easiest to, to do it that way. Uh, but once those are finished, uh, we will be also doing um, ONTAP providers and getting those out. And I'll have more information at www.netapp.io when that happens for people to be able to read and see or release notes about that. Excellent. Do um, you have any blogs that you put out for these? Oh, yeah. I have dozens and dozens of blogs. So if you go to netapp.io, um, you can read uh, all the things I've written, a couple of the key highlight ones. There's a five-part guide to getting started with Ansible. 
If you've never used Ansible and you want to try it, um, part one is how to install basic Ansible. Um, part two is how to how to update it, though that's the older version of updating, um, but it still works. Um, part three is the anatomy of a playbook, helping you understand how a playbook should be written and what the different sections are. Part four is what I call the hello world. Um, it uh, is a playbook to create a volume and then edit it to resize and then edit it to delete all with ONTAP. And then part five is a full workflow of creating a NFS uh, vServer with network interface and export rule updates and a couple other things. There's also um, blog posts on collections and how those work and installing them on um, encryption of passwords and ways to do security. I'm currently in a series right now. Uh, the first two have already been, been posted on how to install and use Tower. Um, and I'm doing AWX, the open source free version, which can be completely containerized. Um, in addition, I've mentioned the container I like to use. I actually build that weekly on an automatic CI CD process. So every week it releases what's the most current version of Ansible with the most current released um, ONTAP um, collection. And that's available at Docker Hub. Um, it is S-C-H-M-O-T-S-1 slash NetApp-Ansible. Uh, also on that five-part Getting Started series, there's a link at the very end of part five to that um, container. And that container has been downloaded over 9,600 times. So there are people getting good use out of it that seem to really enjoy it. I've just been hitting refresh on it just to boost your numbers. Well, just refreshing the page doesn't change no, it. No, it does. Um, anything else you want to add? Uh, I think that that's it right now. I mean, I want you to, to try out these modules. If you haven't used them, you can really see the time savings. And don't be worried about how they work because all of our modules that we're releasing are certified with Red Hat. Um, not only do we go through our own internal uh, processes, but then once we finish writing these modules, Red Hat takes them in-house. A human goes through them line by line, checking not only for best practices, but also that A, our modules do everything that we say they're going to do, and B, that they don't do anything we're not telling you they're going to do. There's no nefarious code. There's no extra things in there that we're setting up. No one's opening up 529s in my kid's name through our modules. Um, if you want to do that, though, I'm not going to say no. But that's not happening with our modules. So in addition to these all being um, totally um, certified, we offer support through our Slack channel. You can get an invite to our Slack channel at netapp.io, www.netapp.io slash Slack, and join us on the configuration management channel. Uh, myself and many of the developers of the modules are in this room. Uh, we give uh, answer questions, and we're there with about 2,500 of our closest friends, uh, several hundred of which are very active. Uh, we've actually recently, it's kind of funny to me, uh, several of our customers that have been with us since the beginning of our Ansible process, I think have taken to challenging themselves to see if they can answer questions before we do. So there often seems to be a rush to see who can answer a question first. Um, so some people, as soon as they hit enter on their question, will get an answer pretty quickly. Uh, others, you do have to wait sometimes just a little bit, but it's never very long. It's the beauty of crowdsourcing. It is. It is. And uh, our uh, end users who have been using this love the way we're doing with Slack because they can also then paste in playbooks or errors they're getting. And we can actually much quicker than some of our other tools where you have to call and go through the process of, of the phone and everything, much quicker get responses and feedback and, and fixes and updates and feature requests. Doesn't sound super scalable, though. 
you need to have people that are in it. Um, and right now we have those people. Um, if I if we wind up with fifty thousand end users, we'll be a victim of our own success. But yeah, I'll still be happy if that happens. Yeah, I mean it'll be great, but it'll also be Nick. No, Stop. if we have fifty thousand people, I'm betting we'll find the funding to get more I people, more people to help. Would. I would hope we would. All right, excellent. So uh, again, if we wanted to reach you, David, how would we do that? Um, so I'm in the Slack. I'm uh, D Black W in the uh, Slack channel, uh, and I'm at Twitter, which is at Blackwell David C. And either of those ways are a good way to get a hold of me. All right, probably. Which which way is the best way? Uh, Slack, right? Slack, probably, because yeah. I'm I'm in the Slack uh, channel all the time, and I get alerts to my phone, and and even though I shouldn't be answering it at night and on the weekends, I I sometimes do. My manager staff is like, David, Sucker. take some time for your family. And I'm like, I try, but the questions. The questions, they I must be answered. I have to answer them. Yeah. My yeah. people need me. <laughs> Let my people go. Anyway. Uh, all right, cool. So thanks again for telling us about Ansible modules and what's new in them and actually just about Ansible in general. Thanks for letting me, Justin. Yeah, I no appreciate problem. it. Thanks. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netapp.com or send us a tweet at netapp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank David Blackwell for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.